Good, good morning, listeners. This is Susan Yu, a forum where we explore issues and meet people in order to help you make a difference here in our community. I'm your first Wednesday of the month host, Dan Jurdy, a county supervisor. Ukiah City Council member Mari Roden is your host of Susan Yu on the third Wednesdays. Today, we talk with three special guests here to help us and our loved ones to live life to its fullest during our golden years. Becky Emery, Nancy Powers Stone, and Jill Rexrode. Becky Emery is a local to Mendocino County, having grown up in Covelo. She now serves as the Director of Social Services for the County of Mendocino and has 24 years of experience working across all areas of social services, including family and children's services and adult and aging services. From 2013 to 2017, Becky served as the Adult and Aging Services Deputy Director and Chair of the Lake and Mendocino County Area Agency on Aging, helping to expand services and support to seniors in our community. Good morning, Becky. Good morning, Dan. Thank you for having me. We also have Nancy Powers Stone. Uh, she is a social worker who has been working in the field of aging and disability for over 30 years. Nancy is, a, is especially interested in dementia care and family caregiving. She currently is the director of the Redwood Caregiver Resource Center, a program of North Coast Opportunities. Redwood Caregiver Resource Center provides supportive services to family caregivers in Mendocino and six other Northern California counties. Good morning, Nancy. Um, Jill Rexrode is the director of the Redwood Coast Senior Center. The Redwood Coast Senior Center in Fort Bragg is one of five senior centers in Mendocino County. At the center, Jill sees our community's elders every day and works to meet their needs and achieve their aspirations for a full and engaged life. Hello, Jill. Good morning, Dan. Hi. Um, so let's look at the statistics. By 2050, the U United States of America expects to see a 60% increase in people living past the age of 65. Here in California, the 2020 census showed that 15% of, of Californians were over age 65. But here in Mendocino County, that was 23%. By 2050, California should expect to see 24% of all Californians over the age of 65. Here in Mendocino County, we might expect 37%. And currently, the city of Fort Bragg's over 65 population is tracking closely with the countywide average. Again, perhaps 37% of the city's population by 2050. Um, we know that the rest of the Mendocino Coast has um, fewer jobs and, and younger people. And so and I'm going to offer a little speculation here. I'm going to say by 2050, I think, or sooner, we might see roughly half of the population on the Mendocino Coast being people over age 65. Any way you look at it, each of our communities have more and more residents who are elders. So today's show is focused on how we can plan for our future. Becky, um, could you start the discussion by talking about the six ways that folks can plan to uh, age in place, ideally in their own homes? Absolutely. I, I think one of the first things that people need to do is looking at their home as it is and see what they need to adapt in their home, you know, whether looking at the stairs, their baths, their kitchen area, um, where those hazards are for elders, especially as we age. And it's something we need to do, as I said, at least annually so that we can, you know, do a safety review and make any necessary updates as our needs change as we continue to age. Um, one of the other things that I think is, is really super important is looking at how people can prevent falls. Falls are a huge 
um, such, uh, can be a huge life-changing event as we age. Um, they often result in fractures, uh, disability, um, even health problems. Um, so safety precautions are super important. And, and one of the best things for that is exercise, um, especially exercise that works on balance and strength training. Uh, and then considering their housing options. So, um, you know, there's there's lots of housing options in our communities. Um, looking at who their neighbors are and how they can create uh, naturally occurring retirement communities, because we know that actual retirement communities are limited for Mendocino County, and the long-term skilled nursing facilities and other facilities are, are certainly not the ideal as we age and what we plan for. Um, so thinking about how we can uh, create those communities and, and make connections with our, our neighbors and others to have uh, mixers of groups of different ages in their homes and, and uh, really coordinate and support one another in senior friendly environments. Uh, also thinking about um, how you may, what help you may need as you age. So thinking about meal preparation, transportation, home repairs, um, also, you know, financial and what those needs look like and paying bills as we uh, continue to age. Those things can be hired out, but also, you know, many people can't afford necessarily to do that. And so looking at um, if they have friends or family that they can share those um, supports with, uh, often there's elder services in our communities um, that might be another option. And certainly I know some of our partners here have some of those options to talk about for us. Um, and then number five, I would say, is planning for emergencies. In an emergency, who would you call? Who checks on you regularly? And having those kinds of supports in place. Um, and you know, if somebody falls, what are they going to do? Can they reach their phone? Uh, you know, most of us have cell phones nowadays, and and often don't pay attention to everybody's phone numbers and what everyone's phone numbers are. Whereas, you know, growing up, I think we all memorized every phone number anybody gave us. Uh, so that has definitely changed. So it's certainly important to know those emergency numbers and contacts. Um, and, you know, when we fall, sometimes we hit our head and can be dizzy and disoriented. So I would say um, cell phones that have a bright background and that have larger numbers displayed when they're going to dial those are definitely um, a better option. Um, and also looking at, you know, what kind of personal alarm systems are out there. And then the last one I would talk about is, you know, really saying that it's it's really important, I think, for us to, to think about what our wishes are as we age and who would carry those out for us. And so um, writing an advanced care directive, um, as, such as a living will, and then also a durable power of attorney for our health care and healthcare proxies, um, somebody that we trust to really follow through on our own wishes and, and desires as we age. Um, and to be able to be that voice for us for medical care when we're too sick or confused or, or not able to voice our wishes um, are super important documents that every adult should have. So a number of the things, a number of the things you, you mentioned uh, may seem, you know, things that we would be planning 20, 30 years out. But but really, you know, um, illnesses can come suddenly and and people can uh, find that they need um, to take more drastic steps to change their their life or their living situation sooner than they expected. Um, thanks for those, those uh, backgrounds. Um, Nancy, uh, could that you could join us. Um, um, maybe you could talk a little bit about um, your your services and and how it provides respite care for for family members and others who are taking care of of elders. 
I, I, I'd be happy to. Um, Becky's talking about predominantly um, individuals aging and, and wanting to age in place and what we can do to stay safer. And the piece that Redwood Caregiver Resource Center plays in all of this is offering support to family caregivers or unpaid family caregivers. Rosalind Carter, our old um, uh, first lady, said there are only four kinds of people in this world. Those who have been caregivers, those who are currently caregivers, those who will be caregivers, and those who will need care. And as Mendocino County ages almost exponentially, um, caregiving is going to really be at the forefront of supporting uh, of supporting our seniors um, living independently. So Redwood Caregiver, Redwood Caregiver Resource Center is part of a statewide system of caregiver uh, resource centers funded through the State Department of, of um, Healthcare Services. Our services um, include uh, individual one-on-one -on -one consultation about disease processes, caregiving issues, um, and uh, local resources for everybody. We offer individual mental health counseling for family caregivers. Um, we offer respite care grants, which can be really popular and is often um, the first thing that people ask for is a, a little break. But what we know from all of our data over the years, we've been doing this for 30 something years, is that nobody just needs respite. People need respite because they're feeling overwhelmed. People need respite because their own health is suffering while they're taking care of someone. People need respite because they're just becoming exhausted. So in order to do this for the long haul, people are, are gonna need to, to plug in some opportunity to take some break. And we also do a lot of education and training. We do for professionals, for other social workers, for facilities, and for family caregivers. We offer what we call psychoeducational groups, which are opportunities for uh, families to get together, uh, family caregivers to get together with each other, talk about what's going on, and skill build at the same time. Um, all of our services now are offered um, remotely which is awesome. We are offering support groups remotely. Um, we thought it was gonna be really difficult for people, but we're having a lot of folks say, oh gosh, it's wonderful. I can now attend a support group and I don't have to use respite care. I don't have to ask somebody to come and, and sit, with my, uh, sit with my loved one. Our expertise, the social workers that are, are with uh, Redwood, our expertise is in those uh, caregivers that are taking care of someone that has some kind of dementia or other cognitive impairment. So that could be Parkinson's disease, Alzheimer's disease, and a variety of other dementias that fall under that dementia umbrella, um, multiple sclerosis. Um, our our uh, eligibility is simply that you need to be an adult caregiver taking care of someone that has an adult onset impairment. <laughs> So we know that caregiving can really be hazardous to your health. We hear a lot, why should we support programs that are for the well person? When we're looking at, you know, dependent and older, uh, frail, perhaps frail or demented um, older adults in our community. And the reason for that is that very often um, the caregivers have worse health status than the person that they're taking care of. You could be needing a hip replacement or, uh, you know, um, heart surgery while you're taking care of someone who has a dementia who is otherwise generally really healthy. So I say this all the time. It's kind of a Nancy-ism, but it's, um, you know, uh, caregivers are not pieces of durable medical equipment. 
So we don't offer services to caregivers just so that they can provide care to someone else. We offer services to family caregivers so that they can continue to care for their loved one as long as possible if they're choosing to do so without succumbing to uh, you know, without expiring before the person that they're taking care of. So um, I can talk later about, I can go on and on, as you can tell, um, I still get excited about this. I've been doing it for a long time, um, but um, I can let people know how to access our services later, if that's helpful. Well, Nancy, why don't you go into that now? So again, you're a state-funded program in seven right. in seven counties, Mendocino County and six others. And how would they get a hold of, of your services? So they can go on to the North Coast Opportunities website, which is ncoinc.org. Um, and there are, NCO offers other programs that serve senior population as well. I'm just showcasing the one that I'm, you know, that I'm uh, responsible for predominantly. Um, and, and we have a page there. They also can go to redwoodcrc.org or they can go to California caregiver, I'm sorry, caregivercalifornia.org and be routed to Redwood Caregiver Resource Center. We also have made this really, really easy using technology. We have a um, online service delivery platform for care, family caregivers that's called Care Navigator, where people can go on themselves and start the intake and assessment process. Uh, the end, they can ask to talk to a social worker. The assessment process looks at multiple domains of caregiving. Some of the things that Becky mentioned um, are your, what are, are, do you have your documents in, in um, do you have your documents in um, order? And that's looking at advanced healthcare directives, sometimes trust, looking at posts. A post is a physician ordered, a physician's order for life sustaining treatment um, that um, will uh, tell emergency uh, responders what kind of care you want, whether or not you want to be resuscitated. Really, really important. Advanced healthcare directors will appoint someone to speak for you when you are unable to speak for for yourself, and will allow you to talk to to your loved one's physician um, if, on their behalf. Uh, with their wishes. So um, we we are, um, you know, interesting through what the pandemic has taught us is that uh, folks are really liking some of the online programming that we're doing. We're going to be going back to in-person support groups and in-person services, home visits, those kinds of things, it, probably next month if it's safe to do, reach out and start doing that. Um, but we're, we've learned now that we're going to have to keep this hybrid system because it's so helpful for uh, for uh, caregivers to be able to access services online. The only issue, as those of you know, in rural areas is sometimes connectivity can be a problem. Well, th thank you, Nancy, for all that. Um, Jill, just sort of looking at, at a, at, you know, the Rebico Senior Center is one of five senior centers in the county. It's actually the largest, and it's on the northern Mendocino coast. And um, as, as you're the director, you've really brought in a number of, of renovations to the building and, and um, kind of reevaluating the programs. Can you talk a little about what a senior center offers in general and then what the Rebico Senior Center is, is doing specifically? Sure, I'd love to. So uh, just to mention, Redwood Coast Seniors has been serving the community for almost 50 years. They opened the doors September 1973. So that's pretty impressive in itself that it has uh, remained a viable entity that's so important to our community. 
Um, so we have many services available. Um, some of them have uh, changed during the pandemic on how we do it. But um, to go over the most important one is our nutrition program. So we are in contract with the Area Agency on Aging. They serve Lake and Mendocino County and uh, they help subsidize our meals. They don't completely pay for the cost of the meals. So we do ask for a donation whenever anybody can possibly do that. So right now we are open Monday through Friday from 1130 to 130 in our dining room. We do require that people show proof of being up to date on their COVID vaccinations. And um, then you can enter the dining room and feel safe about eating there. During the pandemic for many months, we were the only senior center in both counties that were actually, actually had our doors open, but we did it with a lot of precautions. Everyone had to wear masks and we're still continuing to wear masks because I'm following the CDC guidelines that pertain to senior care facilities. So uh, we're continuing to wear our masks, have hand sanitizer available, and also asking for the uh, proof of vaccinations. Uh, the Meals on Wheels program, we continue to serve our homebound seniors throughout the pandemic. Um, in addition to that, we, um, we were serving meals out our front door to the people who would usually come to the congregate get dining services. On Tuesdays and Thursdays, we were handing out hot meals and um, the people just need to call the day ahead or the morning of up until about nine o'clock in the morning. Uh, they would call our main line, which is 964-0443 and say that they would like to sign up for a hot meal on Tuesday or Thursday. So, um, you know, we, we continue to feed our people, which is so important. We also offer very affordable um, busing transportation. And we go from the Cleone area down to um, around the Gibney Lane area is our service area for the bus rides. And then east, uh, about four miles out Highway 20. So, um, you know, for example, if somebody needs a ride to go to the post office and, and they live in town, it's a dollar. And given the fact that our, our gas prices have escalated tremendously, um, we're trying to keep everything as affordable as possible for the seniors, because even though the gas prices have gone up, their incomes haven't gone up. So we're trying to still serve them the best that we can. And Jill, and Jill uh, just briefly on the, on the on the senior bus rides, I believe the Willett Senior Center and the Ukiah Senior Center also offer similar uh, rides within their areas as well as that's the, true. Yeah. So the yes. three of the five senior centers offer the bus rides at a they do. steep discount. Mm -hmm. Thanks. They do. The other two senior centers do not contract for the food services. So they do that in a, a different way than we do. Um, and, and our food services are, it's a huge part of what we do. We serve thousands of meals a year. So in addition to that, um, because of the pandemic, there were so many seniors that were socially isolated and experiencing depression. And, um, you know, it's just a bad thing to be isolated. So during that, we still continued our friendly visitor and senior peer counseling program. Um, a lot of it was done remotely, but they were still being checked in on and either visited with outside where it was safe, but we continued to support our seniors in that way. So uh, the Friendly Visitor Program and Senior Peer Counseling Program are great programs and we're always looking for volunteers. Uh, the person who is the licensed individual who oversees both programs is Susan Bridgemount. 
and uh, she's an MFT. And then we have Natalie Mahaffey, who is heading up the Friendly Visitor Program. So we're looking for people to volunteer to help support seniors. And if you know of a senior who is isolated, you can give us a call and do a referral if you feel that they need to have someone checking in on them um, or do some senior peer counseling. The senior peer counseling has a little bit more training um, as far as helping people um, helping identify depression and potential suicidal thoughts. And so we help to head all of the, the mental illness stuff off before it really escalates. So we also do a lot of referrals for services. We have people call and ask us questions every day. Um, how do I sign up for Medicare? Um, how do I get my secondary insurance? Where can I go get a flu shot? We have um, the biggest one that is the most challenging for everyone is housing. Where can I find affordable housing? And, you know, of course, we refer them to the county programs. I know that there's a long list of seniors waiting for housing. Um, so that's always a challenge. And, you know, we don't have a list of people, but we do refer them to where they can go to get on lists for uh, senior housing. And then, uh, Prior to the pandemic, we did have an individual who worked strictly with Medicare who would come in once a week by appointment and see people and help them um, sign up for Medicare. So uh, we can refer them to their online services or give them a number to call until the person does start to come back to actually do it live. We also do a lot of referrals to Mendocino Coast Clinic, which is the federally qualified health center. So they have a, a terrific outreach program and we refer a lot of people there because a lot of people um, may qualify for a secondary insurance of Medi-Cal. So they would have many, many services um, in addition to the different um, qual income qualifying services that they offer there at the clinic. So they're a great resource for our, our community as well. Um, so we also have fun things like our attic thrift store. So volunteering there is always fun. People are so happy to come in and see it. We completely redid the thrift store and relocated it to the front of the building. And people are, we get great reviews. People are enjoying shopping there, volunteering there and bringing in some great things to, for us to resell. And all of the proceeds go to help support our seniors and the programs supporting our seniors. So if anybody is ever interested in volunteering to serve in our dining room, to be a Meals on Wheels driver, um, to work in the thrift store or anything, just give us a call or go online. Our website is rcscenter.org. If you would like to fill out a, a volunteer application or get different information about the center um, or just give us a call on our main line, which is 964-0443 to schedule a bus ride, a meal, or just ask whatever question that you have that we might help you with. Well, thanks, Jill. And if someone was listening on the South Coast, they would probably contact the um, South Coast uh, Senior Center in Point Arena, and I would assume the, um, the Anderson Valley Senior Center, uh, and if they're in the Ukiah area, the Ukiah Senior Center, or in the Willits area, they'd be they may or may not have all the services that your senior center offers, but they would have, I would guess, some of the same ser services and obviously meals being the kind of the centerpiece of their service. Yeah, definitely. We also are looking forward to providing programs 
Um, we have ocean wave quilters that meet here, and we have a knitting group that meet weekly. They call themselves the Knitwits. They're very cute. <laughs> and they're also accepting new people whenever, you know, if you want to come in and learn how to knit and just visit or whatever, just come in on Tuesdays and, and meet the Knitwits. So they're fun. And um, we are looking forward to having the um, ukulele group come back and the singing group come back. And we also have live music in here on Wednesdays in the dining room. Um, Casey from, um, I think she's with one of the other radio stations in town. She comes in on Wednesdays and volunteers and plays the piano. And she plays beautiful music for us every Wednesday. Um, so, you know, be looking at our website to see what programs are opening up again. We also have our daily menu available online. And, um, and if you think of a program that you would love to see us do, give us a call and we'll try to make it happen. In fact, I think you guys host ping pong. We do have ping pong Tuesdays and Fridays. Yep, it's quite a lively group and they welcome newcomers. So in a lot of ways, it seems like the senior centers are one of the main points of contacts where people, if they move into community or they're just um, suddenly seeing themselves retired and, and sort of looking for um, some services, they might be going to a senior center to try to get connected to those services, whether they're directly offered by the senior center or, or the county or, or some other group. Absolutely. We have people come in all the time that... Uh... Say, I just moved to the area and I'm a senior and I would like to know what services are available. Um, and we, we have a great referral department that, um, you know, we're, we're willing to help. If somebody calls and we don't know the answer, we'll take down their name and number and we'll find the answer and we'll call them back. The other thing I want to mention is um, if anybody drives by our senior center, we are in the process of overhauling our garden. It's a fifth of an acre right directly in front of the center. We just put up new fencing. And we, uh, we met with two um, master gardeners who are going to help us plot out the, the whole garden so that we can have fresh vegetables again for our kitchen to serve to our seniors, as well as volunteers who wanna work here, who wanna take home some fresh vegetables. We're gonna make it um, ADA friendly so that we have an area where you can you know walk in with your walker and feel safe and comfortable and your wheelchair. And picnic tables, if you want to, you know, wheel up there and have your lunch. Um, it's going to have a whole new fresh look, and it's going to be a very friendly open space. That sounds great, Jill. Um, uh, Becky or Nancy, did, um, are there some services that you want to highlight for people that um, they may want to access either online or, um, or in person with, uh, say, a county agency or with um, a, a state agency? Sure. I would love to talk about our in-home supportive services program. Um, it's a, a large in-home program in Mendocino County. We have about 1,750 people that are participating. Um, it's part of a Medi-Cal program and allows older adults and individuals with disabilities who need assistance to receive non-medical care in their home if they cannot otherwise remain safely in their home. They can come in and help them cook, help them um, cleaning with cleaning. They can do transportation to medical appointments, um, a lot of support to help people remain in their homes, which is really a key piece in our own social and emotional um, growth as we continue to age and to have those connections. It also provides that um, emotional support of someone that they can check in with and talk to and, and see how things are going um, and, and to connect with. 
Additionally, we have our in-home supportive services providers, so those individuals that are hired to provide that care in uh, throughout Mendocino County. There are currently approximately 1,800 providers, uh, and the current wage for that is $16 an hour. Uh, it is uh, The individuals are hired by the person that needs care. We do support that. We have a, a running list of people that we can refer to, but also those individuals often are able to hire their family or friends, people they're very comfortable with and can connect with, which is extremely important um, because, you know, they're doing very personal care services for these individuals. It needs to be somebody they feel comfortable with and that they can have those conversations and also someone that knows them well enough to help monitor their health with them um, to help manage, uh, you know, and, and help them as they are going to doctor's appointments and, and make lists of things that they want to make sure that they check in with their physician about. Um, and so it's a significant support to our community uh, as we continue to move forward and helping people. One of the other programs that we have that is, is really important um, is our adult protective services. And um, when we talk about um, seniors and making sure that they're protected is, is making sure that individuals are not taking advantage of them. Um, and in Mendocino County, that re, uh, or in state of California, that age limit changed down to 60 years of age. And sometimes even individuals, one of the things that we receive reports on is general neglect and people that don't know, they can't care for themselves for various reasons. And we certainly encourage people to um, contact us, file those reports. We take them 24-7. Uh, you can call our, our, um, our hotline to make that report. Uh, you can also, you know, come into our office to make those reports. Uh, and if I can just give that phone number really quick here, it's one 327 1799 And, you know, really our goal is to keep our seniors safe, protect everybody, to also, you know, help people um, with their uh, needs in their home. So when we're talking about in-home supportive services, it's a Medi-Cal-based program. People can apply for the program by calling and again, um, just reaching out to our office and, and asking for those supports is one of those first steps. And it's really about helping people stay in their homes, stay connected in their community where they have those social and emotional supports. And, you know, they, it's where they're most comfortable. They have their physicians, they have their friends, all of those things that we want to support. Uh, and then also, of course, being able to have someone come in that they know and trust and hire through the IHSS program um, to provide that care uh, for them is, is a huge piece of our uh, in-home supportive services public authorities role in making that connection. So, and Nancy has been a fantastic partner as we've referred people to her as well that uh, don't meet our criteria. Thank you. Thank you, Becky. I want to make a quick station announcement to remind people that we are listening to KZUX, Mendocino County Public Radio. And right now we're, we're involved in a silent drive to create a state-of-the-art station and community media center in downtown Ukiah. You can find the red button uh, to donate at the KZUX and uh, give what you can. Uh, thank you for your support. Um, Nancy, is there um, a service that you would like to highlight? I actually would like to highlight our partnerships. Um, and um, Becky mentioned um, that uh, we can step in for folks that may not be eligible for Medi-Cal and in-home supportive services to offer respite care or a break to uh, to family caregivers. We also have a program that's sort of within our respite, an option, not a program, an option like in-home supportive service in IHSS 
where families can choose a respite provider that may already be known and comfortable, the, the care recipient might be comfortable with, that they can hire to care for their loved one and give them a break, and then we will reimburse them. That works really, really well. Many of the caregivers that we're working with are, again, I said, taking care of someone that has a dementia. <clears throat> and for those people, they find themselves doing what they used to do in the relationship, and now they're having to do also the those tasks and duties that their loved one had to do in that relationship. And they're asked to do that with grace, graciously, and even with and patience and even um, without the person um, for whom they're doing all of these things without them knowing that they're doing it. And so it can be quite stressful. Respite is a really, really important piece of that. So we do partner. We partner really well with adult protective services as well. Often some of the neglect um, that that obviously um, needs to be reported um, is a result of sometimes resistance by someone that has dementia and you can't get someone to bathe, perhaps. It's really difficult to get someone to bathe. You go over and you visit your mom and you realize, oh my gosh, there's not so much food. Um, what do I do? Um, you know, sometimes people are a little bit resistant. Um, I also want to encourage the community and uh, really validate what Becky said about reporting to adult protective services as a safety net program, not as a police function, really what it takes to keep us all safe is that village. And the, the standard for that, if you're a neighbor concerned about someone, remember, we are not, those of us not at APS are not uh, called upon to do investigations, we just report. And the standard for that is just reasonable suspicion of risk. If it looks like someone in your community is at risk, please, um, please make a report. And sometimes we can come in to support families um, to uh, keep them safe and keep their care receiver safe. Caregiver overwhelm is a makes folks really at risk. So um, again, we're it, it's all together. What you're hearing here, the three of us talking, um, a lot of our services dovetail. Nobody needs usually just one thing. It really takes a community, and I hope that's what that's what you all are hearing. And one of the things that, that several of you brought up over and over again is is making sure that the place that someone's living in is a safe place. And, um, you know, the, I guess that would be everything from clearing clutter <laughs> off the floor. So it's a clear path <laughs> to the restroom, to the bed, that kind of thing, um, to actually installing handrails and in showers and, and that sort. Um, do you see that as a common issue um, as people get older that they, they need to make at least some adjustments to their house? Absolutely. Uh, and it's something that I think we have to evolve. And that's why I say it's really important that people do that review of their home annually. You know, our limitations in our own physical abilities change over the years. And so if we look at our home every year and say, okay, what do I need? What is, how am I doing with all of the things that I currently have? Is it the front steps walking up them? Is it, um, you know, whether or not the kitchen um, is uh, accessible in all the different ways. Do I have cabinets that are consistently rolling open that I'm going to trip over in the middle of the night? Uh, being aware of those types of things in our homes and fixing them as they occur is much more manageable and it feels far less overwhelming, especially when we're talking about um, an annual review of our home as we continue to age. Because as we age, those things, of course, will change and evolve. 
And also, you know, thinking about what the clutter is and how do we make sure that we maintain and remove that clutter and keep it, um, you know, to a minimum as best we can uh, in, in our environments is also um, the most healthy and, and manageable way to be able to make changes as we know. Um, and also earlier you were talking about um, the direct healthcare directives. Um, are there easy to find locations where people could get those directives? I, I think there may be sometimes as short as a single page. Um, where would someone get a healthcare directive, sort of a standard form, and 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 learn to fill that out? We have we have available um, advanced healthcare directives as well as Pulse, and folks can call us at uh, area code seven zero seven five four two zero two eight two and ask for those documents. And they can work with a social worker to fill those out, and we can tell you what what you need to fill out with your physician. The Pulse needs to be filled out with your physician. Physicians have those forms, um, and they will fill that out and sign uh, the Pulse. Really important. And I've had family members who've uh, placed those on the refrigerators. Is Absolutely. that is that a common place where people put put them in case yes. medical? Emer yeah. Emergency personnel coming to the house know to look on a refrigerator. The default without a post is resuscitation and total care. That is the default. So if you want resuscitation and total care, it is not as urgently important to have a pulse because that's the default. If that is not what you want in the event that your heart stops beating, then a pulse is incredibly important. I believe you can get um, either of those documents too if you ask your healthcare provider at, during that's one right. of your visits. Um, they have those available and usually have personnel that can assist you with filling those out. Well, Jill, um, on a recent tour of the Rebecca Senior Center, you were showing me some of the um, remodels and, and renovations you're making um, at the Senior Center. And I think you were also saying that um, you're planning to um, create a, a, a coffee house um, at the entrance. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So I've been um, with the Senior Center for three years now. And um, I don't think everybody realizes that this building is actually owned by the Fort Bragg Unified School District. Um, and we have a 99 year lease that we're just about halfway through. Uh, it's uh, $1 a year, but we are 100% responsible for the maintenance of the building. So there was a lot of deferred maintenance because we are a nonprofit and maintenance is expensive. So I was really, really fortunate that um, somebody during their estate planning thought of the senior center and they left us a trust. Um, it's not a, a huge trust that will get us through, you know, forever, but it, it definitely helped us tremendously in doing the deferred maintenance on the building. So um, I put together a um, project for the board of directors to approve, which was a new roof, new windows. We had, you know, buckets, we had buckets inside this building because the roof was so bad. Uh, we had the the windows were original and this building and i think i might mentioned is almost 100 years old so you can imagine the condition of the windows so new paint inside and out we had to redo the plumbing that was leaking sewage lines that were leaking um there was just uh, two new furnaces there were so many things that were just falling apart um, we had live termite infestation and so all of this has been repaired um, you know, of course, there's going to be ongoing maintenance, but 
So in, in doing this, we really tackled it heavily on the inside when we had to close for the pandemic. So when everybody came back, when we reopened, they were so pleasantly surprised to see how beautiful their center is. Um, it's just, it has had a facelift. It just, it smells fresh. We have a wonderful staff in the kitchen that cooks beautiful, nutritious meals every day. So when you walk in, you smell home cooking into a beautiful facility. So when you walk in, there used to be on the south side, uh, we call it the atrium. It was added onto the building, uh, I think in the 80s by the Rotary Club. And it had sort of a greenhouse roof at one time. Um, that started to leak. It made it really, really uncomfortably hot out there. So when we had to redo the roof, I went ahead and did a full composition roof with insulation so it has more of an even temperature and we can actually utilize the space. So thinking of you know a possible revenue stream to help support the senior center, I'm hoping that I can gather some funding to open up a coffee shop out in the front. A lot of seniors like to gather early in the morning before the dining room opens and socialize and have coffee. So I would love to have a coffee shop out there and um, some nice pastries and muffins and things. Um, and I think moms dropping off their kids at the middle school might even stop by because it would be so convenient. We have a nice parking lot and um, it's just a really super convenient area. And um, also I wanna do a little outdoor dining areas, have some bistro tables and umbrellas. I want it to be as friendly and inviting as possible. I also wanna start participating in First Fridays in Fort Bragg. So uh, the first Friday of every month, businesses open so that people can go through that normally don't get to go through and look at what's going on in Fort Bragg because they work like I do. And uh, I don't have time to go stroll through all of the businesses. So that's my opportunity is the first Fridays to see what's out there. And I wanna start participating in that and inviting our community to come up to the senior center and have the attic thrift store open, uh, have some refreshments and just have everybody see the fresh look of the senior center. Well, I agree. I would I would invite anybody to come up and check out the senior center um, and, and see all the improvements, and and it's um, that kind of welcoming um, environment that you're thinking of with the coffee shop um, that I think um, all the senior centers are, are probably looking at at new ways of introducing people to their senior centers, mm -hmm. um, especially maybe when they're not thinking of themselves as a senior and and exactly. they, and getting familiar with the place. Um, so Becky, um, looking kind of countywide, and I know you were chair of the Area Agency on Aging, um, which serves Mendocino and, and Lake Counties. What are some of the, the trends and concerns that, that you um, have seen from that perspective uh, for, for seniors? I think there's a lot of, of trends as we are certainly, as you pointed out at the start of the show, aging more and more, and we are an aging population in Mendocino County. So the trends that, you know, that I, I see and that I encourage are, you know, exercise groups, people that are going out and walking and, and especially the bike trails and the walk trails that are, are being developed throughout Mendocino County are a fantastic resource for our, our community, but especially our, our seniors um, and things that keep them together and connections. Uh, I, I really appreciate the creativity 
that our senior centers have brought to our communities, especially throughout the pandemic and how they respond and outreach and have really used technology and helped others to use technology and be comfortable with it through Zoom and and um, just the expansion of those supports. And I, I think it's great that they are continuing to look at how they continue to use those uh, new supports that we have and, and combine those and really make hybrid programs for our community so that people can stay engaged and 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 um, to continue those connections. And I think that's a huge piece of uh, our well-being as we age. Uh, some of the concerns that I have is, you know, really around some of our lack of resources for seniors as we age. There's, you know, as we know, very limited um, facilities. We have four skilled nursing facilities in the entire county of Mendocino, uh, which is not enough for the, the needs of our community. And often people end up um, getting a bed in another community, uh, another county, um, hopefully a very nearby one so that they can maintain visits and, and connections with their families. It's very difficult. Uh, you know, also board and care um, and uh, long-term living or, uh, uh, you know, housing and, and other facilities uh, where they can get supports uh, in their home, uh, regular checks, regular supports from other areas, but not necessarily available. Those are all resources that we need to build up in our community um, and looking at our community also uh, around the safety of those individuals and how do we uh, make more um, networking and uh, community safe environments for everybody to be able to have a, a place where they can age and um, feel very safe and feel connected to their their uh, neighbors and and to continue those supports um, so that they age healthy. Yeah, and and over the years I've seen really quite a few seniors as sort of the leaders who are serving on, say, the board of directors of nonprofits or volunteering and community organizations. And to the extent that they can um, feel safe in their homes and, and, and live a healthy life, they're, they're going to keep contributing in, in that capacity. So um, I, I think there's all sorts of reasons for, for wanting the, <laughs> to see people um, feel comfortable and safe in their homes um, uh, as they get older. I think one of the other things I would say is an expansion in our healthcare system. And I think that's, you know, our, our certainly our healthcare providers are working to make that expansion happen. You know, Medi-Cal has been expanding in the services that they provide over the years. Um, and it's really about keeping up with it and, and making sure that we have the providers to provide all of those services, whether we're talking about um, a wide range of services from dental to <laughs> Uh, substance use to um, aging, even general general practice physicians, you know. Uh, I think that's one of the things that we struggle with in our community. It's a beautiful county. I, I think Mendocino County has a lot to offer uh, to anybody, but it's one of those, those also professions, and with COVID, it's even more difficult. Nancy, um, would you like to add something? I, I absolutely agree, and I would even go a little bit further than you, Becky, and I would say we need accessible alternative living options, and we need accessible and affordable. So I'm going to add affordable as the cost of living in, in, increases in Mendocino County. It's a beautiful place to live. People are moving in, and um, other folks are, are sometimes being priced out. And so uh, for our senior community, for our older adults, um, what I would love to see is a, a real more concerted move toward 
um, looking at age-friendly communities building, you know, working with contractors to make sure how people can age in place in their homes. Homes that are built will make make the make the halls wider, make the doors wider, make them wheelchair accessible. Ramps could be standard practice. Lighting is important for people when they get older. And so a lot of these things can be built in and are built in in those communities that have that distinction from the World Health Organization as age-friendly communities. So those are some really exciting options. We have the numbers. You shared some awesome numbers about the aging trajectory in Mendocino County. And with that, again, um, comes a big opportunity for us to sort of get on, uh, on the correct side of that curve and be responsive instead of having to be reactive. So I, I'm excited to see what, what, we, can, um, what we can do as we, as we all age in Mendocino County. Well, in fact, next month, the first Wednesday of the month, when I host the show again, Susan, you, um, I'm going to have two contractors on the show who are going to just talk about the process of hiring a contractor and what awesome. you what you should look at in terms of being the customer and what the contractor is looking at, um, and maybe some you know realistic prices and what it really costs these days to to remodel a building or to build. A building such as, for example, in some cases, it may make sense for someone to build an accessory dwelling unit on their property and then relocate into the accessory dwelling unit that's um, on a single level and, and easily accessible and then rent out the main house. So again, next month, we'll have uh, Cynthia Sharon, a, a licensed contractor here on the coast, and um, Howie Hawks, a contractor in Ukiah. Um, we are um, nearing the last several minutes of our show and um, would like to see if anyone would like to just sort of have some um, kind of concluding thoughts as we're, we're um, approaching the uh, 10 o'clock hour. Well, any um, some concluding thoughts that I have is that um, anytime anyone needs any services, if you're 60 or older or disabled, give the Senior Center a call. We're here to help you and um, visit our website, rcscenter.org. There is a donate button if you would like to help help us continue to serve our community. Um, we do send out letters um, asking for donations periodically, and we hope that people can participate in that and help support our seniors in our community. Okay, Jill. And, um... And uh, I, I know the Willits Senior Center and the Ukiah Senior Center are fairly large as well. And then there's smaller senior centers in Anderson Valley and the South Coast. Am I missing any or are those? Um, I think that is it for the Mendocino County. Yeah. There's also one in, in uh, Round Valley. Oh, there is. Okay, thanks. Thanks, oh, Becky. I didn't know that. Um, and, and Becky, um, are there any county offices that people might be contacting or going to their website to get information? Certainly, we have the county website uh, for anybody to see the services that we have throughout all of social services, but to come to our offices on Franklin Street in Fort Bragg or on State South State Street in Ukiah. Uh, we have walk-in services uh, for anybody. We're open Monday through Thursday for our general public from 8 to 5, um, and then we take emergencies on Fridays. For anybody. Uh, additionally, you know, I, I just think it's really important that our community um, knows that there's services out there. And if they 
need something, the best thing they can do is ask. We we may not have it in one of our areas, but certainly we work together. We refer to one another. We, we work really hard to know what services everyone has. Uh, and with that, the Lake and Mendocino County Area Agency on Aging has a resource book on the website. If you Google Lake and Mendocino County Area Agency on Aging, there's a resource book that is sorted by all of the different types of resources that somebody may need that they can access that covers information and uh, for uh, everything from meals to housing support to legal supports, all kinds of things that are available in that resource book. Um, if somebody is not able to, for some reason, reach out and, and get the information from one of us or one of our offices, there's, there's resources out there. And I think it's really important that people um, have those connections. Uh, and so, uh, and, and if somebody is interested or needs to apply for in-home supportive services, I encourage them to come in and um, reach out. It's a very simple process in working with our staff and we help walk everyone through it. Uh, again, our offices are in Fort Bragg, Ukiah and Willits. Uh, and so we try really hard to make sure that we're available and that we are helping our community. So thank you. And also, too, I want to—I mentioned really quick, Dan, that um, the resource book that Becky was referring to, we have several of those available here at the Redwood Coast Seniors, so everybody's welcome to come by and get them. Whenever we have people who are new to the area come in or who are asking about resources, we always give them one. They are very, very handy. And, and if someone um, just is not eligible for the county um, in-home support services program, um, uh, are there, I don't know, are there other businesses or referrals? How, how do people find someone? I, my understanding is it's usually pretty difficult to find someone if, if they're not eligible for the program um, and just hiring someone, but, but people do. So in, any tips on that? So I can tell you that our first is to refer to our senior centers. They sometimes have lists in, in different places, but there are definitely other um, businesses that do offer those services and supports. Um, and I, I would certainly defer to Nancy because I know that that that's one of their primary uh, focuses. But uh, for us, we, we do refer out to our partners um, that we work with. And, and so certainly we uh, send people over to um, uh, to those resources. Nancy, I would defer to you, sorry. <laughs> Yeah, I, I would just say that um, we come in and we can um, we have contracts with home health agencies. Um, again, we allow people to choose their own caregiver. Um, and that is specifically for those folks who are not eligible for in-home supportive services, or they are, but their share of cost is, is prohibitive. So um, I just wanted to say at the closing that if you are a family caregiver and you are listening, you do not have to go through this whole journey alone. Please reach out to Redwood Caregiver Resource Center 707-542-0282 or go on our website for support. Do not wait until you are overwhelmed. The whole purpose of our services is to help you take care of yourself while you're taking care of somebody else. You deserve to, to be healthy and um, you deserve to thrive yourself. So please reach out to us. Um, we are not an emergency service. We would like to support you the, from, from the day you find out you're a caregiver until the day you are no longer a caregiver. So you don't have to, you don't have to be isolated and um, feel disenfranchised anymore. Well, thank you. Thank you all of you. Um, uh, Nancy uh, Power Stone, um, Jill Rexroad and Becky Emery. And with that, it looks like we're going to conclude this episode of Citizen U.